Hi, everyone. This is Mary Curick of Frontrunners Innovate, and I have some good friends with me. I'm so excited. This has been a long time coming, guys. <laughs> Jean and Arlene Rumley, uh, currently of Florida, but uh, Jean has been all over the place. That means Arlene has too. <laughs> so uh, I think that just landing in Florida lets me know that he thought he was retiring, but maybe he understood that that was not going to be in the cards no. for him. Uh, but anyway, what we're talking about today is Mission for Orphans, and it is an organization founded by these two, and they have a story behind how they founded it. I just want to let you guys know I've known them for a good long while, and uh, I have, I've seen the passion first firsthand, and I've seen how hard they work at what they're doing and have supported it personally and feel very strongly about what they're trying to do in India with the orphans. So welcome you two. It is like, this is a heart thing for me, a very big heart thing for me to be able to bring you guys forward in your, in your mission. So I'm, I'm tickled and tickled that both of you could be here. So this is nice. So I want to find out, I know, Jean, you told me first about when you went to India and uh, how this kind of all came together. Arlene, were you with him that first trip? No, I was not. You were not. So we're going to ask Jean to talk about. <laughs> yeah, you, you were holding the fort. I was there. You, know. <laughs> you were holding the fort down back here. We were by telephone a lot. But okay. I got I you. There at that time. All right. Well, Jean, tell us a story that really kind of started the ball rolling on all of this. We had to go back to Australia first. <laughs> to get to India? <laughs> no, but we met a contact in Australia when we were living there last, uh, 84, 5, and 6. And um, a guy came from India and spoke there. And we thought, wow, we never heard this before. Yeah. And so he went back to India. And um, his brother-in-law came over to the U.S. And, it, and his brother-in-law told him, look us up. You know, with, uh, we were very interested in India. And so he looked us up and uh, then his brother-in-law came here and, and stayed here uh, with us uh, a week or so. And we learned more about India. And so he came back another two or three trips and told me, look, you got to come to India to help us. And we're doing a lot of good with uh, poverty, people in poverty and all of that. And I said, well, well you know what? Um, I said one time, uh, it's two places I don't want to go. One's Africa, one's India. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, he finally convinced me, and uh, I went to India in the year 2000 on a business trip, mm -hmm. not to do what we're doing now, but a business trip to see if I could find something in India to bring to the U.S. or the U.S. to take to India to help generate income, to help with uh, poverty and all of those things. And so that's how I got into India for the first time, it wasn't with permission for orphans. No, I see. And then uh, I uh, went back a, a second time, but the first time was the, probably the most impact. Uh, I landed in Mumbai at three o'clock in the morning, the plane was running late and somebody picked me up and I started, uh, they started driving me to where I was gonna stay that night. And there were people sleeping in the middle of the medium and I'm looking at this, and then there was a festival going on. It was a Hindu festival, I think, and uh, there was tents up and people out in the middle of the night, and I thought I'd landed in the time zone that I wasn't <laughs> familiar, and I looked and I said, uh, God, I think I want to go home. <laughs> and I hadn't even got out of the car yet. <laughs> so, so it was uh, very interesting, my first trip uh, into India. May I? Um, yeah. Say something here. Yeah. <laughs> About that first trip uh, into India, 
and go before that, when we had heard uh, this gentleman come and speak about his nation and the poverty there, and we were sitting there together listening, and we both kept looking at each other because we thought we had never heard stories like this before. We had heard sad stories, but we had never heard of you know starving children in the streets and things like that. And so when this gentleman finished speaking, and uh, we went up to him to say we really would like to help somehow. What could we do? And we were doing training seminars at that time, and so. After he left, uh, Gene and I, we were, we were kind of speechless almost. We didn't quite know how to talk about this, what we had heard. Mm-hmm. And so finally, when we did, we said uh, to one another, like, we have to do something, but what can we do? You know, we've never heard anything like this in India. You know, we've, we were never that. We were never involved in India, you know, (laughs) but what could we possibly do to help? And then Gene said, well, maybe we could do a seminar and then donate, you know, donate the funds that come in from the seminar and send it over there. But um, the other thing that we said to each other was, what are we doing really outside of our business now? What, What are we really doing to help other people like this? And what can we do? Like, how do we get off our bottoms and start something? That was the first planting of that question. Right. What can we do? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, I, would, I would expect nothing less of the two of you <laughs> to, to wonder first, what can we do when you hear something like that? But uh, so after the first trip, and then you said you went to a second time, because I know that you were, you were explaining to me what you saw and how yeah. it impacted you, Jean. Right. Um, share a little bit about that. Of that uh, moment that you knew. That was a, a tearjerker. Mm-hmm. Went to uh, saw kids on the street. One child came up and was begging. And usually, the people that I'm working with do not have the money to give to beggars. And also, the mafia operates through children sometimes, so they're very reluctant. This this child was uh, probably 11 or 12 years old, and he uh, was looked like he was about to faint. Uh, because the heat was uh, the exhaust from the cars and everything, and he was begging. I sat there like a stone man, like, wow, this is something. And so the driver of driving us actually reached in his pocket and got some chains and gave it to him. Later on, uh, that next day or two, I ended up going to Kwamatur and staying in an orphanage. I didn't know it was an orphanage. <laughs> it, was, it was a home that a, a guy had a church and a business there. And then they had an orphanage downstairs and their house was upstairs. So I found out I lived in an orphanage for, you know, about four or five days. So I saw the children coming and all of that. Uh, there was a, a impact that was something else. And on that uh, trip, I also went into Mumbai a little bit later. And in there, uh, I went into one of the worst slums there and got, got uh, with the group, took some pictures and things like that. I was staying in a hostel that night uh, in, in Mumbai and went back and took my camera and was looking through the pictures I took. And I could not believe the pictures I took and the stare that I got from some of the children. I could see the abuse, the poverty. It was almost like three o'clock in the morning. I didn't sleep all night. Mm. Didn't sleep real good when I got back. 
and told Arlene, we got to do something. So we went to the bank, put in $50 and started a checking account and telling everybody what we're going to do. We didn't know what to do, but we put $50 in the bank and told our families and friends, uh, right. we're going to start, uh, you know, helping people that have the orphanage there and things like that. And people that are feeding people on the streets, the children that cannot get any food. See, when Gene came back from his second trip, he was really there for business. Yeah. But all this was, was coming in between his yeah. business. But when he came back from that trip, I, I swear it had to be at least two weeks every night when he went to bed, he sobbed. Mm. And I didn't really know how to comfort him. I understood, but only to a point, because I hadn't right. seen everything that mm -hmm. he had seen in these children. Um, and so that's how we decided just yeah, that's, like- That's what you knew, you had to do something. something. And yeah. even when Gene was writing with one of the men, I think he said, um, there, one of the workers there, uh, Gene said, how do you possibly handle this? And he said, Gene, don't look at everything you see. If I looked at everything I saw every day, I would do nothing. You just have to focus on that one. If I can rescue one child today. Help one child. That's really interestingly put because it's overwhelming when you think of the big ball of wax because it just never ends. Right. Where do you stop? <laughs> you know, when you start looking at things. Um, and I know that I can speak from experience and doing the work that I do. I get approached a lot. Um, from pastors even in these really rural areas, maybe of Africa and whatnot. And I have such compassion for what they're trying to do, but at the same time, what they're needing is, is the answer to it that they're looking for is not sustainable. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's a little bit here, a little bit there from whatever that they can piece together. And it might be a different set of people the next time around or whatever, but there just needs to be some sustainable solutions. So that's where you guys come in. And that's where you got to the point where you realized at some point that being able to put some energies into orphanages there and places that can give shelter and food and some level of education, I'm assuming, yes. um, you know, to these communities. When did the first orphan orphanage um, facility or, you know, did you start with the one that you had already been to or was there another starting point in India? How did you start that? Yeah, one of the trips I went to uh, uh, Goa, uh, Goa is on the west coast of India mm -hmm. and there was a boys orphanage there and a girls orphanage there who one of the children uh, that uh, uh, VA Fampi had and she had started the orphanage there. So we started helping that orphanage there that was already built but mm -hmm. they, they didn't have enough funds coming in. So we started there with that particular one. And then her sister was living in the United States, um, her and her husband in Oklahoma, and she really wanted to start an orphanage. So a couple of years later, they went back to India and we then helped them build a girls orphanage there in the state of Kerala. And so that was uh, then the third orphanage that we were able mm -hmm. to yeah. that they helped. You know, so how many how many orphans altogether so far? Well, they were in, in Goa, there were probably about 150 at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we built a home for girls there in Kerala that we started with, the, you know, 10, 15 and got 30 some girls. And, and then it kind of started from there. And then we helped uh, a, a young guy actually. And one of the states there that was feeding in poverty villages, and they started a small orphanage, and we, we helped with that particular one. 
So we were working, we built one, then we started working with existing ones. Once we built relationships, that was very, very important piece of the puzzle. Working in business, we understand uh, if you're going to go in business with someone, you better understand how they operate, how they think and what's going on. So I did the same thing there. I found out some of them were not too honest and uh, we broke relationships (laughs) right away. But yep. there were a lot of people that were, like you say, they were looking uh, for support, but also they had a plan. They knew what they wanted to do. They were already doing it. So then we came alongside of them to help. And that's been, uh, I think, the, the success that we've been able to generate is working, building relationships, working with existing people, find out if they're honest and they're doing what they should be doing then we put support out to them. Excellent. I think that, you know, and Arlene, maybe you can speak to this. Um, I know at one point, uh, Gene, you, you and I talked about some of the churches that were involved in uh, helping people there in India and in certain areas, maybe near your orphanages. It does take networks of people to accomplish some of the things that you're doing. So um, other than maybe particular types of churches, were there any organizations that you can name that you actually are still currently working with? to do some of the work that you're doing there under Mission for Orphans? Not really organizations. Um, Most of it is with the individual, um, like you're saying, through churches, Mm -hmm. through groups like that, through couples who have just started uh, their own orphanages. And so we've we've come to know them and then stand beside them. So Mm -hmm. we don't really have any big organizations uh, that we're a part of. Yeah. So it's really, if you want to call it, basically we just, the two of us working out of our home, but God has been so good because he has put us together with so many people yeah. who need so much help and they're on the ground really doing the work and we're kind of here helping them, you know, push through, uh, like when the viruses came up, when the floods came up, mm-hmm. um, we're able to supply the medical assistance that they need. We worked with a a vision rescue team there who daily fed the street children every day, one meal a day. So we helped to support that and then actually got to be part of that. And excuse me, when we were there on the ground also could ride around with them and see those children who were being fed. Mm. All the people that we work with uh, on the ground, whether they're pastors or families, individuals, we know them, you know, yeah. we know them very yeah. well. and some of the, um, some of the orphans, especially the girls who have grown out of the orphanages, mm-hmm. we are also able to now help them. Um, one is going to graduate from nursing school, maybe this year. Right. So we're, we're able to help get them out because once you leave the orphanage at 17 or 18, you have nowhere to go. Yeah. And they don't really have the funding to help you. They don't have the funding to get you educated so that you can stay and become, you know, a proud citizen of India and help uh, in their own way. Mm -hmm. So that's become kind of, well, you may talk about that later, one of the latest projects. We have about four or five calling us mom and dad now that we talk to almost every other day. So. So Mission for Orphans is how old now? 17 years. 17 years. I knew it's been a long time. I knew it happened. And then about four years after that, that's when we really got cranked up and got really started. What I wanted to talk about the project that you're working on now that will probably 
take us into the rest of this year. Um, so whichever one of you that wants to talk about the, the new project that's happening, the village. I'll start. Uh, okay. I had a, uh, someone sent a, a, a notice to me and it was about a gentleman from the UK that started, started an orphanage uh, in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. He saw kids on the streets back then and he uh, started an orphanage and it grew and grew and grew. And he, I think, had like 16,000 children came through there. Some of them were doctors and nurses and business people and lawyers and all of that. And it, it got so, it motivated me so much. I thought, you know, we need to do more than we're doing because when they age out, like Arlene says, uh, they do not, if they do not have special skills, a lot of the children are educated in the orphans. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. The people we work with in Calcutta and Mumbai and some of the areas that we work with for, for a long time, they make sure the children are in a government school or either they go in and set up a school and they educate them. Mm-hmm. So that took place, which was really good. But what we, 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 a lot of orphanages over there are they're just taking care of the children, they're feeding them and educating. We want to take it to another level. So the project we're going to work on is called Tender Heart Village Home. And it'll be more like a hostel because mm-hmm. some of the children maybe have a parent, maybe have one parent, maybe they don't have any parents and they can come to that hostel. We will start doing vocational training. Uh, training them on computer, things like that, right at a very early age. So that's a project we want to do from the start, not just to feed them and educate them, but to take them to another level so they know when they get out of there, they know where they're going. So you want to add something to uh, that, Arlene? Uh, Yes, we're very excited about this because, again, they won't have to end up back in the streets. Yes. Mm -hmm but they will have a vocational trade. They will have something they can do when they leave and start building a better life for themselves and their their families even. Mm -hmm. Poverty is such a terrible thing. Um, When you don't have a meal to eat for days Mm -hmm. and people are dying in the streets, um, this just became another vision for us because really our overall purpose is to, um, we have the one purpose, one, one passion, mission, one mission, one mission. <laughs> and that's to rescue the children. That's our main goal is rescue as many children as we can, always starting with that one at a time. So with this tender heart village, it's going to be actually in a village area where um, there's, how can I even describe the poverty? You know, they don't have, they have open houses, maybe with yeah. tarpaulin yeah. and things like that. But the main goal of this is going to be to reach out to these kids and their families, if they have a family, and care for them, show them that they're cared about, feed them, you know, get them healthy. So we help provide for their medical needs as well, Mm -hmm. and then get them on a track of education. Education. You know, education is one way to help get these people out of poverty. Yeah. To educate. This is this is cared for. Yeah, that they're cared for. Is, you know, what is the plan for the building of this facility? I, I assume that you've got the architectural plans or at least a, a layout in mind of how you're going to do this. Yes, we, we're working. It's very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> really? How things are coming together. And we st- this is a, in an infant stage, but we, we have found someone that looks like we will have a small piece of land to start. 
and that there was a partial building that they couldn't finish. They didn't have the money to do that. We're in, we're in discussions now with the people there to see if this is going to be workable. That's why I want to get back into India in March to look over that. Uh, we've been online discussing this, emailed back and forth. And that's, that's the plan that if we get this, that it will benefit the community uh, mm-hmm. in a way that even if the uh, reason we may just call it a hostel or a home there mm-hmm. is that children that are going to the regular uh, schools, elementary schools mm-hmm. most of the time, uh, then we can take it to another level by having a computer center that people yep. in this uh, town can have their children come there and be educated. So also, uh, we'd like to have a bigger piece of land, but that may come. But uh, we found out that just like we started with the orphanage, mm-hmm. we help somebody else do theirs. The same concept is doing here, except we're going to start off with someone that couldn't complete the project they were doing. If we can take over, that's a, that solves the land issue, mm-hmm. solves part of the building issue. Mm-hmm. And then we can use the money that we're raising now to get this started quicker. But the overall vision is to get a place that could maybe hold 100 or 200. So the start, the seed has been planted now. Mm-hmm. And then we'll watch that grow and see what happens next. Okay, perfect. Well, you just segue beautifully into the GoFundMe campaign. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about that. So when did you start that? When is it? Uh, I know that you said it was stalled out during the holidays. Maybe I'm not sure. And there's uh, getting ready to go back. Up. So tell us about that. Right, we started late October, uh, November, mm-hmm. and uh, we was building our site on the GoFundMe site, and then uh, started uh, sending an email out to our supporters and letting them know what we was going to do and and all of those things. But uh, we started there, and uh, we felt like okay, if we can get some press and different things with the GoFundMe, that the possibility will raise fifty thousand. Uh, usually they tell you to start with a smaller amount, like 10,000 mm-hmm. or something. And I thought being in uh, goal setting and everything else, it was just too small for me. So <laughs> I put it at 50,000. I kind of went against the current and, yeah. and said, we're going to do 50,000. So after a few days, we were getting 5,000 and eight and 9,000 finally. And we thought, okay. And then donations started coming in from some, a couple of corporate people, business mm-hmm. people. We had that. And it mushroomed over 35000 which was really great. So now we're only 15000 off our goal. Uh, so, and we'll take more. And we'll take more. Yeah, it's going to take more than that to do right. it. Right. So, because I really wanted a quarter of a million. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you do have to small, uh, start small because uh, sometimes if it's too big, people won't donate. If it's too small, they say, well, I don't know if I want to donate to that. So we're trying to meet the I mean, the mission of what you're trying to do is phenomenal and that you already have a plan about how to do it and that you have potentially some property or at least partial uh, bit of a building to, to, to start with. You have right. something to start with is basically what I'm saying. And, and really that's the seed. That's, that's what you need to, to kind of get going. Um, you know, we were talking before we came on uh, record about the relationships you need to be able to do what you need to do there. And you feel like you have the support of the community there? Uh, that's one reason I want to get on the ground. We have talked with people on the ground where we're going. And uh, we have uh, uh, actually the gentleman, we're working through a gentleman here that came out of India. He was working with the textile industry over there. He's very, very smart, very educated. Mm -hmm. 
and he's located in uh, in Chicago area. And Arlene and I met him when her mother was passing away. Came to the door, and we were floored because uh, he's Indian. He's <laughs> Indian. Did knock on the door. <laughs> said, uh, "Yeah, I'm here with Vitas. Uh, was it? Uh, yeah, a hospice. The hospice and, chaplain. And uh, so anyway, we got acquainted, and so he's helping us now, kind of maneuver through the groundwork that we need to do in India because this will be the first project that we'll be a part of." Um, you know, financially, but also have some input. Yes. And that's another whole new area that we're developing. But we're looking for people on the ground in India this time that will see the heart of what we're doing, come alongside where that will be um, in the furnishing computers, that type of thing for mm -hmm. vocational. Uh, one of the big, big things uh, in India is also uh, repairs, like for uh, everything from the motorcycles to yeah. Uh, in, any any type of transportation. So if we can start a school with that uh, mm -hmm. mechanics school for boys, because we we're going to start with girls, um, and then we're going to maneuver into the boys, and that's why we need a bigger piece of land and 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 more money. So mm -hmm. that's it. That's the goal. If can we can start with practical things that they can do, something that they're interested in. Yeah, and we've already got another girl in nursing school in Curlo, the orphanage down there now. And uh, so that's really good. And we're seeing uh, now the nursing side of things because all over the world, including a lot of nurses coming out of India, into mm -hmm. the UK, into the US, into other countries, because there's a lack of nurses there. Yeah. So I think it's a very good trade. So two or three things like that we want to start mm -hmm. and, uh, and then go from there. And if there's people in India or other countries that can partner with us and see that, that would be yes. fantastic. That right to my last one, yes. <laughs> so which was to ask you about partners. Arlene, did you have something to say? Sorry, yeah. if I could just add a, uh, one little thing where June was sharing about this gentleman from India that's living in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, his family's all in India and he yeah. has a lot of contacts there, but he already took a trip there and actually saw this. Right area talking about so he has already seen the layout of the land he's talked to the couple uh that has this land mm -hmm. and so that's been a real benefit to us too that is that's like fantastic said, know people on the ground there where where exactly in india is the location we're trying to keep that secret oh okay <laughs> i was gonna write it down <laughs> <laughs> um, is it, there's many landmines there so we but we're going to probably it's going to be in Andhra Pradesh that's the state mm -hmm. uh, and we're uh, because we want to actually look at this piece of land that we'll start with but near that particular area we also want to look for a bigger piece of land sure. and at the same time so that we know where we're starting and where we're going and, and uh, the infrastructure in that area for supporting yeah. Uh, well, Hyderabad is close to that. Hyderabad, I don't know how much you know about that. That is yeah. a center for technology center that is huge. Yeah. Um, and we are working on a couple of ideas also that actually you put me in contact with and we will talk about it off camera. Okay. And, uh, that's yeah, I'm gonna, I already know a name. I'm going to send you. Yeah. That's a lead in India. And uh, my son met someone that's uh, got uh, software that's uh, open source mm -hmm. that uh, there's a, a possibility that we can develop something that will bring in income there. Mm -hmm. So uh, also I want to 
go back and, and talk with those people because really the project is bigger than a 50000 or quarter million dollar oh, yes. project. It is because what you're starting is something that, that is going to impact the whole community in order to, to get it to that closed loop. You are going to have to close that loop. You're going to have to show how it can can uh, circle back into the community. And so it's, you start with one person, and then you're you're multiplying that by all the things that they need, and yeah. then it comes right back into the community and circles back in. So yeah, once you start that ball rolling, it's <laughs> it's got to make that whole loop uh, to be able to be the impact that I know that you want it to be uh, and sustainable for over yeah. a period of time. One of so that, one of the things that really we have not been able to penetrate is the corporate fail. We're starting to is a corporation that want to donate to where the cause is. And we're not high visibility like a lot of other organizations. So yeah. that has slowed us down a bit. So yeah. we're saying, how can we speed it up? Yeah. So I think with uh, with banks and different ones that see a need. And um, at one time, and I've got to go back and find out about this, India actually uh, passed a law that large corporations over a certain amount had to donate so much to charity. Uh -huh. So we want to pursue those things a little bit in India also, because it might be a, a source of funding for us there on the ground in India, which uh -huh. I really like, because if we can do it within the country and benefit yeah. more people, uh, where it be investors and people mm -hmm. there, I think that's going to be uh, big for them and for us and for the country. Perfect. You guys are awesome. I love you. <laughs> we uh, love this you. is great. Um, so I'm going to end this up by, you know, stay with me, you two, but I'm going to end this by telling everybody that if you're watching this on YouTube, go to www.frontrunnersinnovate.com. You'll see this interview and all the information they're going to provide to me, brochure, <laughs> PDF brochure on Mission for Orphans and all the links that they're going to provide. So you'll get that there. You won't get it on YouTube. So go to <laughs> Front Runners Innovate. Uh, this will also be a podcast so you can hear it without having to see it if you don't want to while you're walking or in the car. So it'll it'll live in the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and also on our site and also on YouTube. So thank you everybody. Support Mission for Orphans. It's awesome. So thank you. Thanks yeah. to you and Arlene. Appreciate it.